Hello. If you can, please give to charities for those disenfranchised in these still troubled times. An example might be the Ogre Project, which helps black trans people with food, shelter, and other means of life. Also, support the Trevor Project, a mental health hotline for LGBTQ youths in trouble. Uh, as for Nathaniel, you can find him at the Pretendium Compendium, his own podcast, where he talks about Dungeons and Dragons and other fantasy fare. Uh, if you would like to see more of me, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Jeems, which is J-E-E-M-S. You can find me on my Tumblr, which is also Jeems, my TikTok, Jeems84, my Twitter, the show's Twitter is at Penny Tolerable, and I'm at My Planet is J. And you can find me on my Instagram at, at My Planet is Jeremy. Uh, we are available on Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, and several other podcast platforms. Now, on with the show. Also, for another amazing podcast, check out The Video Vault with Brandon and Skyler by my friends, Brandon and Skyler. Hello everyone, it's me, Jeremy, and welcome to Penny Tolerable, where two large adult siblings talk about movies, TV, comics, and whatever else. We've spent a lifetime together, so you can spend some time with us. Now, Nathaniel, yes. welcome, welcome down to this. Seems that the Earth Realm has lost the last nine silliest podcasting realm awards, which are rather overdramatically called Mortal Kombat for some reason, and it's up to us to win the tournament. Now, test your might. Yep, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, wreck somebody's car. Okay. Close enough. My car, my car, my toes, my toes. (laughs) Sorry, I don't mean to bring up better arcade games. But yeah, we watched the new Mortal Kombat movie. Yes, we did. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like, uh, to set the stage for this, 
I noticed that HBO Max with like the the same day release thing, mm-hmm. which you know people some people criticize them for, but I think it kind of paid off because uh, the last four movies that anybody talked about, whether they liked them or not, yeah, was Wonder Woman eighty four, Snyder Cut, Godzilla vs Kong, and then this. Mm-hmm. And now that people are getting vaccinated. I feel like this is maybe the last one for, not the last movie people talk about, but like after this, we'll get back to talking yeah. about normal movies and like seeing <laughs> them in theaters, you know? Mm. And I will say, uh, out of all of those, um, I like Godzilla vs. Cub on its own terms. I think we were both pleasantly surprised by the Snyder Cut. I like Wonder Woman 84. Yeah. I think it's like I think it's insane. Yeah, that's the charm of it. I would not say it's very good, but like I had fun watching it and talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. This was maybe the least engaging out of all of them. <laughs> uh, that's something we'll get into. But the blessing and curse of that is that everyone's talking about the same thing, which yeah. hasn't really happened since like. Uh, that weekend where like Endgame and Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. yeah, Endgame did the same day. Yeah. Uh, the flip side of that though is that when one of these things comes out, you're like, well, I, I hope you like hearing what Chapo and Struggle Session and We Hate Movies and The Flophouse yeah. and your mom yeah. and your aunt have to say about Wonder Woman '84. Mm-hmm. Uh, each, by the way, each one of those fun individually, but yeah. you get to the point where you're like, yeah, yeah I, I get it. Cheetah looks like a jellical cat. Turns mm-hmm. out you weren't the first one to notice that. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, As if that makes the movie bad. No. <laughs> There's plenty of other things wrong with it. Um, but uh, this, this was your idea. Jeremy approached me and said... Hey, for the next episode, do you want to do uh, the Oscars? And I said, I have nothing to say about the Oscars. And then you said, oh, what about Mortal Kombat? And I said, I have nothing to say about Mortal Kombat. So we went ahead and picked Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And then I DVR'd the Oscars and watched them and realized, wow, I dodged a bullet. (laughs) So I think it was uh, Caleb Pitts on Twitter who's... Because it was like the Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins thing. And I don't care, but... I did like his comment. He says, uh, getting mad at the Oscars is like getting mad at a bug. Full <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. ton of respect to the Academy. Yeah, if I, I see... Because like, if you're like walking around, around and there's like a roly-poly on your floor or like a cricket or something, you, you're like, oh, look, I'm going to like put that on a sheet of paper and flick it out the front door. <laughs> but you're not like, God damn it! <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Every year I have to do this shit. <laughs> exactly. Okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, this, this was your terrible idea <laughs> to make Mortal Kombat. Uh, Boone Tobias, or whatever the guy's name is. Crow Servo. <laughs> so I'll let you lead this one. Yeah. Well, it should be prefaced that uh, not... Not long ago, we watched uh, the 90s Mortal Kombat on Riff Tracks. Yeah. Which, because it's a Riff Tracks, it's really good. And I'll just chime in and say, uh, I think different people have different tastes. So some people love it when Riff Tracks does, like, uh, uh, Atomic Horror. 
or old sci-fi movies where all the rockets look like the one from 1010, like everybody has their mm-hmm. favorite flavor. I realized I really, really love any 70s uh, exploitation film they do. And they are batting a hundred or a thousand or I don't know, batting. They're batting good for uh, video game adaptations from the 90s. Like Double Dragon, Super Mario, The Wizard kind of counts, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat. They crush those, and this Mm -hmm. is no exception. Yeah. And it made me realize that Mortal Kombat 95 is not a good movie, but I feel like it's doing what it's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we... We'll probably be bouncing back and forth yeah. between the two Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, yeah I mean, mostly by way of comparison. I'm yeah. not going to offer my white-hot take about uh, the other Mortal Kombat from a quarter mm. century ago. How God, is that real? Mortal Kombat's like 30 years old. It is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. <sighs> Carry on. Don't <laughs> let... <laughs> Don't let my uh, <laughs> but yeah, bittersweet epiphany stop the podcast. But yeah, uh, the movie we begin with uh, basically Sub Zero killing Scorpion like back in the yeah old timey Japan. Old timey uh, Japan. Yeah, old timey Japan. The old timey shogunate. <laughs> yeah, old timey shogunate. That's what Edo translates to. Yeah. And then we see a uh, a new character named. If you mean a new character. <laughs> a new character named uh, Cole Sprouse, was it? <laughs> yeah, I think it was Cole Stratton. Cole S- Something something to that effect. Cole Young. Cole Young. And, and yeah, uh, if you couldn't tell from my voice, I am looking at my phone. <laughs> And uh, he he gets beaten in a tournament match, not not a Mortal Kombat tournament match, but a normal human tournament match. Well, it's MMA, which yeah. interestingly, do you know what MMA stands for? What? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know we get our introduction to him by him getting his ass handed to him. Yeah. So uh, and it turns out like he's. He used to be a great fighter, but now he's, uh, Not. he's yeah, he's kind of fallen from grace. And it, it it should be noted he's he's the man who took the belt from Eddie Tobias. Oh, yeah. Now, folks, this this is a joke. Something is we call it Easter eggs in the biz. Uh, Ed Boone and John Tobias were the two guys who made Mortal Kombat. So the makers thought it would be funny. They made a character and referred to him as Eddie Tobias. Now, I know that humor is a little pungent, but, you know, we're going to have to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's no different than the thing we make fun of uh, basically every episode. When, if you watch like a Daredevil movie, it has to be yeah. like, turn right on Frank Miller Street and go to Stanley Memorial Hospital and talk to Dr. Smith. Wait, that's too vague. Dr. Kevin Smith. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, and he's told by this by uh, Major Jackson Brace, also known as Jax. Major Brace Belton. <laughs> and uh, yeah, essentially we go to. Uh, we cut to that night, and 
uh, Cole and his family are having uh, dinner. Dinner, right? How deep are we going to go? I don't really know. I, I, I get that we want to like cover the characters and plot, but are we being granular enough that we're debating Wait. what... Was it first meal? <laughs> was it second breakfast? They're eating, and they are attacked by Sub-Zero, who is kind of attacking everyone. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, Sub-Zero shows up, and, like, he causes, like, ice storms to rain down upon them. So Sub-Zero's power is to make it feel like it's April in Minnesota. <laughs> and they are saved by... Uh, Cole and his family are saved by Jax, who... Has a very interesting line that he says to Cole. Do you remember oh, what it I, is? I remember. Now, look, before Godzilla vs. Kong took uh, the nation by storm, the line, Godzilla is out there and he's hurting people and we don't know why, took the nation by storm. And honestly, that's a great line. It has nothing on Jax's uh, instructions to Cole. Go to Gary, Indiana, and find Sonya Blade. <laughs> She's there somewhere. Yeah. Which, uh, I appreciate the the trend. Since the 80s, we've moved away from the idea that every single interesting thing in the world happens within the greater New York City metropolitan area. Yeah. I, I don't mind that, or that, or L.A., I don't mind, uh, oh, but Breaking Bad takes place in the, mm-hmm. the quiet Southwest. Uh, kind of fitting that it would be in New Mexico. Gary, Indiana, Sonya Blade can live there if she wants. But yeah. It's just weird. It's weird when you're in the middle of like your video game movie. It's like, all right, gang, we've got to get to Muncie. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we're headed to Kansas City. No, the other one. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Jax gets out of... God the, damn it. He, if I don't get to Waco Tech soon, <laughs> it's all over. He gets out of BFG and uh, decides to fight uh, Sub-Zero and gets his Man, arm. Man, I haven't been this cold since <laughs> I was in Brainerd. <laughs> okay, we get it. Okay. He fights Sub-Zero and gets his arms frozen off and mm-hmm. busted, just busted the fuck off. And uh, then we are sent to... <laughs> I, I'm not, this is not an original observation, but I liked, uh, he, he goes toe-to-toe with Sub-Zero, and he goes like, come on, motherfucker, I've got, I, I did six tours, and more than one person said, oh, okay, the the other guy's a magician, though. Yeah. Like, that's that's really He's cool. a cryomancer, I think. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very nice, but if, if you took, like, a Guile from Street Fighter... And he had to fight Magneto, and it wasn't one of those games where they're the same power. Yeah. Magneto would probably win. <laughs> He'd probably, like, pull on his dog tags, so they, like, butter-sliced his neck open to the bat. We eventually end up in Gary, Gary Indiana. Indiana. The great Gary, Indiana. Where yeah. we meet Sonya, who has been researching the tournament, uh, Mortal Kombat tournament. Mm-hmm. No, the Tekken tournament, of course, the Mortal Kombat tournament. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck am I saying? But, yeah, yeah. And re- because it's a movie, research means that there's a bunch of uh, newspaper clippings. Because as we all know, like, like nothing is thriving more these days than print media. Yeah. Um, I true. It, it, it's at the point of self-parody now, but 
you know how everyone has a cell phone. Yeah. So any any time you see a scene in a movie where somebody like calls a uh, not, God damn it, what like uh, a stationary phone, like a street phone, mm-hmm. uh, a pay phone, it feels archaic to the point where like they're aware of it. Even screenwriters, even lazy ones, go. We can't really do like pay phones anymore. That's that's yeah. not a thing. We have to have the line in the horror movie about how nobody's got a signal. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're at the stage where doing like uh, you know vice principal style red string on a thumbtack. You, mm-hmm. you know, uh, oh, the legends of an ancient Mortal Kombat uh, tournament. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're maybe past that point where even doing like a huh do you get what we're doing yeah needs to be retired yeah and she has a picture of uh, the Mortal Kombat character Nightwolf on the wall just mm-hmm. she, he's just in a book yeah like she, she and uh, we are we get to see Kano who's That's she can yeah Kano who is. She is kidnapped there, and it was very potty mouth. I did yeah. not appreciate his language. Uh, and he, uh, he's a bit Captain Boomerangy, and not in just the way that they're both Australian. Yeah, it's like picture of Captain Boomerang was actually funny. Yeah, and that's kind of the vibe we get from Kano. Yeah, so uh, Shang Tsung. Uh, sends reptile to fight them. Uh, who's they? They don't do reptile as like the, the the ninja. It's just the dinosaur reptile, and uh, they kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, honestly kind of a boring fight. Like they fight him when he's invisible, but he doesn't want to stay invisible. So like his nervous system appears every now and again. And then they mm-hmm. they stab him and stick like a flare in him so they can kind of trace his movement, mm-hmm. and so he just becomes totally visible after that. And I'm like, I guess they can kind of see you or at least mark your location because they pegged you, but uh, it would still be really useful if he, to him if he were still invisible. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It's like Intensu Stealth Assassins. Just because one guard sees you doesn't mean that you can't go back to being hidden after you kill the one guy. Yeah. Yeah. So we... And it, Kano ends up killing uh, mm-hmm. Reptile by ripping his heart out, which is his fatality in the game. Well, that's right. Okay. And he even says Kano wins. It's... Uh, so we are... What exactly happens next? This... I don't know. Uh, do we need to do like a plot point by point thing? No, we since don't. Actually. There's not much plot, and since neither one of us remembers, <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kano draws a, a a sketch of his victory. Then they end up going to not to Gary, Indiana, but they end up going to the middle of the desert where they're gonna train. Mm-hmm. I forget exactly why they get there. There's some business about how you get a magical tattoo. Uh, if you defeat one of the other Mortal Kombat combatants. And so Sonya has like a crisis of faith because even though she uh, is like a, a badass, she still doesn't have hers. And that mm-hmm. means she won't have any powers. Yeah. Because, yeah, you become an X-Man once you have the tattoo. Uh, yeah, they're basically the tattoo teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. 
or as it was also known, Beverly Hills 90 UFO. 90 UFO? Yeah. Was it called that? They mentioned that in some of the ads. Why? Okay. How did that come up? Well, because they're tattooed teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. That's yeah. The teenage part, it's literally true. And, like, that's basically what Mortal Kombat is. Yeah. It's like Power Rangers, but thrash metal. Yeah. So they go to the desert. They meet uh, the character Luke Ang, who uh, shows them, takes them to, like, a one of those underground Shaolin monasteries. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it was one. Of, it's a place where like previous Mortal Kombat tournaments yeah. have been held, um, and they end up training for a while. Yes, uh, good long while. There's a little uh, Tardis uh, engine in the middle of the temple. Uh, Raiden, or sorry, Raiden. I have to remember to pronounce it incorrectly because it's Mortal Kombat. Uh, he's there, he's just, like, around. Yeah. He doesn't, like, pause, he's not a deus ex machina, he's a deus ex just there. Yeah. And so we get a lot of them training and a lot of Kano talking, and then we intercut that with uh, Outworld, where Shang Tsung continues to amass his forces who are like badass then end up not actually doing much mm-hmm. and initially that shit looks kind of cool so there's like a massive procession of his armies and melina shows up she has one of the best designs in the game yeah it's like she doesn't look like a little like you know twig bimbo or anything mm-hmm. it is this like brawny looking uh girl with a glasgow smile yeah and like permanently blood caked mouth and like that's that's like a really good design. Um, I think they kind of trended towards that with like the later video games. Uh, so maybe like it's it's taken from that rather than the classic ones. But I'm like, oh shit! Like she looks cool. My favorite character just showed up. I hope you didn't expect her to do anything. Yeah. And they're marching, and in the distance you see like an absolutely massive Colossus of Rhodes statue of, if not Goro, then like one of his rings. Mm-hmm. Like a four-armed titan carrying scimitars. Yeah. Same thing. You're like, oh, Goro must be like a, like a Conan-esque demigod here. Like, eh, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. So eventually they end up uh, fighting. And on the good guy side, let, let, let's take stock real quick. You have the elders who can't actually fight or do anything. They're not supposed to participate. Yeah. So uh, Raiden is, like, organizing them all. Mm-hmm. The actual team is Kano, Sonia, Cole, Sprouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Kung Lao. Descendant Kung... of Kung Lao. Yeah. That's another great line. I am Kung Lao, descendant of Kung Lao. Kung Lao, Liu Kang. And Kung Lao is, like, the older... He's the one who, who like, they all kind of look up to. Mm-hmm. Like, Liu Kang wants to be Kung Lao. I think they're cousins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the good guys. Oh, and, uh, they do recover Jax and they give him little robot arms, which yeah. I get that later he gets the bigger, better robot arms, but mm-hmm. there's like a, an act of the movie where he has yeah the they, guy, the guy of course is like absolutely like built yeah. to hell and they give him tiny little like scalabot arms yeah. and I, no one's going to get this, but 
I told uh, Jeremy, it looks like when Savage Dragon would get his arms blown <laughs> off, and it takes them a little while to grow back. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's, when I, when we say, like, little robot arms, we don't mean, like, C-3PO. This is, like, crow-type yeah, type no, bulk. <laughs> like, just yeah. t- teeny tiny little thing. And it looks really funny attached to the rest of them. And I, I get that they're meant to, like, not look cool, because then, like, the the second pair look cool. Mm-hmm. But they can still look kind of cool. Like, yeah. You know how in, like, origin story movies, like, Batman will start his career, and he'll just have, like, a cowl mm-hmm. and look like a ninja? Yeah. And then eventually he'll go, like, no, I need, I need something more. I need, like, a more striking design. Of course, the, the final version is the coolest version. Yeah. That doesn't mean that he dresses like an idiot initially. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. Yeah. He doesn't go out there and go like, "Well, I tried dressing like the lead singer of Smash Mouth, but the the villains weren't intimidated." Wait, a bat. <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, so Shang Tsung's uh, forces are. Uh, Goro shows up eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have. Sub Zero, of course. Sub Zero, such an asshole over here pronouncing it with the the one word that's not supposed to be an Asiatic pronunciation. Sub Zero, um, Melina. Melina. Eventually, Cabal. Cabal shows up. Cabal is kind of rad. Yeah, I, Cabal was a nice surprise. I Cabal was always one of the. I, I don't know how many people actually liked him. I always liked Cabal in the games. I uh, like gas mask guys. I've, all, I've always been partial to that design, probably because mm-hmm. I liked Ralph Bakshi's wizards. Mm-hmm. And then we get, uh, I know they're, they're from the game, but it's like a harpy girl. Yeah. Like she looks like Demona or something. Mm-hmm. And then uh, a guy who I thought was supposed to be Goro. I think his name's like Reiko or something. Yeah. And that's after my time. That's from like Mortal Kombat 5 or something. But um, he's a fat guy with a hammer. Yeah. And for some reason he needed to be CGI'd. Like you couldn't just find a fat guy and then like give him a somewhat unflattering pallor using makeup techniques. It's like, no, no, we, we need to mocap. I didn't this. even notice that he was CGI. No. He's not. Am I wrong? I'm gonna look up the photo because I and like it's it's a guy, but like they, I thought they added to the design because he looks really stupid. Um, okay. Anyways, they all converge and do do we want to talk for a minute about Kano? Because I feel like he's sort of a linchpin character in the movie. Yeah, let's talk about Kano. Okay. Uh, what what do you want to say about uh, Kano in this? Kano is probably one of the... He's probably the highlight. Yeah. Because he's just... Like, he's just so smartass and just fucking hates everyone. Like, he, he's a turncoat. Like, he turns on the... Well, that's that's what I was about to say. Um, that, that's one of the elements that I actually liked about the movie is that... Yeah, Kano is uh, her captive, Sonia's, mm-hmm. and as we established, like he goes with them on a quest, and he's the asshole. He's the one that like you you can't trust, 
and he's like, oh, j- just you wait. Like, when the moment comes, uh, you're going to get yours. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of that tone, and it's like, oh, Kano's such a prick. But he's also, honestly, yeah. like, the most entertaining character, so what do I make of this? And then we have... Uh, and, and that's for a while. That's for like a half hour of yeah. the movie. And it feels like we're very clearly on a track of, like, oh, K- Kano's going to be a good guy in this. Yeah. Like, that's that's how we're going. Like, they're warming to him. He, he needs to, like, learn to keep his goddamn mouth shut, but he's actually benefiting from the training. And he, and he does save them. Yeah. Like, he saves them from Reptile. It seems like we're building to that, and then Cabal shows up and tells him that in secret, uh, catches him alone and goes, like, Hey, you know, if you uh, show us how to get into the secret temple, I'll make it worth your while. I'll give you a, a bunch of gold pieces or something. And Kano goes, all right. And then he's just a bad guy again. Yeah. And I will Cabal sounds here. like uh, yeah. Columbo. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Cabal in a minute. Yeah. But, uh, Kano having, like, his face, heel, face, heel turn in this. Yeah. I, I honestly appreciated that because I thought it would be like, and, and even after that, I was like, he'll sell them out, but then he'll realize like, oh, what have I, what have I gotten myself into? Like, I, I don't want to work with literal monsters like Goro and Shang Tsung, or like Sonya just like goes, hey, I'll pay you even more to come back to our side. I thought there would be more to it, but instead it was, hey, you know that guy who, who we all thought was evil? Mm-hmm. He's evil. Yeah, I'm like that's honestly that like that is such an inversion mm-hmm. at this point of what we're used to. I'm like, oh okay, like what if the Guardians of the Galaxy picked up Drax and thought he was a violent psycho, and then he was, and he tried to kill them all by the end of the movie, and there was no other thing. Yeah, <laughs> like that's that's actually kind of cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, Cabal in this is jet black, has red eyes. Uh, is incredibly fast, which uh, speedster characters yeah. tend to, I think, be very fun. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I love I love like the you know heavy metal uh, gas mask mm-hmm. operation mind crime design. And then for whatever reason, I, again, I guess because people like characters like Rocket Raccoon, yeah, they give them this voice. So like, hey, if you see a guy named Kano down there, you let me know. I got a score to settle with him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a choice. It's more interesting than people going, you know, like form a phalanx around the temple. Yeah. So that he's actually pretty cool. I do think it's cheesy how it is. It's literally back to back scenes. He goes, "I got a squad to show with Kano. He's the guy who made me walk around in his iron lung." And they mm-hmm. send him to Mid World or yeah. Earth. He was like, hey, Kano, I got a deal for you. So, like, oh, yeah, you again. Like, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. You, you should do one of two things. You should either lay the groundwork and establish, like, these are old, these guys have a history, do flashbacks and shit like that. Or what I actually like even more is just don't say anything. Yeah. So... When the characters meet up, when Cabal goes to Kano and goes like, hey, Kano, and Kano goes like, oh, you again. He's like, I owe you one. Yeah, I still owe you for this. And you're like, oh, but like, 
iceberg theory. There's like an implied backstory here. Yeah. I really like when movies do that. When you're like, oh shit, these characters know each other? Yeah. That's a, that's a interesting. That's fun. But you don't get to go like, hey, me and Kano have a backstory. Anyway, oh, Kano, I was just explaining to these guys that I have a backstory with you. Yeah. That's like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. That's so clunky. Don't do that. And here's the thing. I did some research on the later Mortal Kombat games. and They suck. Uh, Cabal is right in what he says. Kano did put him in the mask. But here's the thing. The after the after you know Shokan's army of the Outworld invaded our world and I think the fourth one or the third one, um Cabal, who was a cop, was viciously attacked and you know his uh throat and face were destroyed. And uh Kano found him and you know put him back together and yeah, like, like to save his life. So, in the games, yeah, he put you in that mask to save your fucking life. Mm-hmm. So uh, we get some uh, action. Yeah, did, like did we finally got a fight? Yes. Uh, yeah, because yeah, we have, uh, and this is why it's maybe better to approach this holistically rather than plot by plot, but. This was the point where I was, like, nodding off in this movie. Mm-hmm. And this was pretty well received. Like, people were in the mood for this. The vibe on Twitter was... Somebody said, uh, this movie made me realize that I'm ready to go back to stupid movies about prophecies. Yeah. And I think it, Frank Connor was like, two things about the movie. It was uh, dumber than rocks, and two, I loved it. Yeah. And that that was kind of the vibe. People were approaching it the way, like, Godzilla Kong. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I know that it's stupid. I like when the monkey and the lizard fight the robot. Yeah. And I, I was on board. I was ready to approach it like that. I thought this was boring. It was. For, for long stretches. Yeah. And so you have the fight, the Sub-Zero Scorpion fight at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Pretty boss... Should have used real blood. They yeah. should. They should have just. It should have been like, uh, like a lone wolf and cub thing. Just like yeah, f- like fountains of fake blood spraying. Instead, there's CGI blood, which I think somebody pointed out they forgot to add it. So after somebody gets brained on a rock, the blood like disappears yeah. and reappears. I'm not trying to be one of those like, oh, the lamp moved, like yeah. movie reviews. But just as an example of like, you know, you know, you can have squibs and set things on fire, right? Like, mm-hmm. not every... Yeah. We're not going back to, like, the 50s, where if there was, like, a monster, it would just be a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't have to do that. Blood exists. <laughs> you can use it. But, yeah, you have that. And then that's it. Like, the the Kano reptile fight doesn't really count. That's not, like, a fight, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, like, a monster showed up. Yeah. It's, it's not, like, a bout between two people. That's it. So, we've seen some moves here and there, but between the title and, like, the hour mark of this movie, no combat with yeah. or without a K. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not the first person to mention this, but I will come back to it later because I've been talking for too long, but 
What was wrong with just making this a tournament? Yeah. Yeah. But they, they, yeah, that's what one person pointed out. They didn't have to turn it. Out. Like, and that's... Do we want to talk about that now? Sure. Okay, well, you talk about it, because I don't want to monopolize the conversation. Yeah. Like, did you think it should have been a tournament? I th- Yeah, I think it should have been a tournament. I think, quite frankly... If they ever make a, if they ever like, you know, get their dicks out of their hands and make a, a all right, use those, get your thumbs out of your asses, and, and like make a, make a uh, Street Fighter Two movie, which a uh, real, a real, yeah, yeah, like a real one. It's it should be what it is in the game. Enter the Dragon, but from everyone around the world and. They kind of have superpowers, and that's that's what Mortal Kombat was like. It's it's a a wizard from another dimension, but it's essentially into the dragon. Yeah, and uh, and here's where I'll pop in and speak blasphemy and say I actually think Enter the Dragon's kind of overrated. Mm. Oh, I was surprised because not too long ago I did like the full Bruce Lee watch through, which yeah. obviously doesn't even you can't even really do that. It's a truncated career. Yeah. Um, but I was struck by how Way of the Dragon is like a worse movie, like much more poorly made, but delivers on the action. Yeah. Enter the Dragon is like a cool enough movie, but in your head you're like, here comes Bruce Lee kicking ass for ninety minutes. It's like. Not really. Like, yeah. there's a bunch of it where it's just a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. There's a whole lot of it where he's, like, in a cat suit, creeping around, being a spy. And, like, watching Bruce Lee be a spy is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Watching Bruce Lee be a fighter is uh, something that only he could... Not that he's the only guy that could fight, but, like, that's his thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Watching Bruce Lee do anything but fight is like watching somebody play like the instrument that they're just picking up now. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Waits can play on the piano, but uh, oh, he's he's been taking kazoo lessons too. <laughs> um, and that, and that is what strikes me. Like, so both Street Fighter movies, I actually like the Van Damme one. Yeah, but because it's like dumb and colorful. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's bonkers. It's, it's like super fucking dumb, and Raul Julia is just great. Yeah. At it. It's still pretty bad. Yeah. And then Legend of Chun-Li is even worse. Like, that's what everyone cared about. Her, her job as a cop. Yeah. That wasn't just, like, a piece of backstory. It was like, no, no, no. It's Street Fighter's a story of a cop who meets some people who fight for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's... Yeah, those get it wrong. I never saw that live-action King of Fighters with Ray Park, like... Did you? I did. Is that structured like a tournament? Oh, I I don't even know if I should get into it. It's based around virtual reality. Okay, well that sounds like bullshit. Like that, it's completely bonkers. They go into a virtual reality world to become the kings of fighters. Okay, it's goddamn ridiculous. It's, yeah, it sounds terrible. And then uh, honestly, of all of these, it's. Uh, Again, not a good movie, but they did a video game movie of Dead or Alive, mm-hmm. and it's it's not good. 
it's a bad game to start with. It's a cheesy adaptation. It's got Eric Roberts. It's got Eric Roberts. It's got it's it's very like mid aughts. So all the girls in it just look like the Charlie's Angels, basically. Yeah. Um, it's not great, but one thing I I will give it is that it's built around like we got to go to this island and fight in some tournaments. Okay, Kasumi, it's your tournament. Okay, Steve, it's your tournament now. Mm-hmm. And it's structured like that. And I think people need to realize that outside of maybe like Samurai Showdown, if you're adapting a video game, uh, a fighting yeah. game, I mean, you can just do a tournament. Yeah. Because it turns out that's not a great structure for a great movie. It's a perfect structure for a B movie. Yes. It's one of those things like going on a quest or yeah. solving a puzzle. That, like, you're not going to blow anyone's mind, but it turns out that's a really good framework for an 85-minute story. I guess a series of people need to fight. <laughs> yes. And also, it solves the problem of, like, how how are we going to squeeze everyone in? Could we, like, Curtis Stryker will be, like, somebody's lawyer? Uh, a doll scene could maybe be, like, a scientist? It's like, I got it. How about there's a bunch of fights? And that way Blanca can be in the movie for five minutes, and you won't have to explain what he's doing there. Yeah. He was a guy that was fighting guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I- anyways, I-, I swear, I was watching this, and it's like, what, what do people like about Mortal Kombat? Like, well, the, the sickening violence, the over-the-top character designs, uh, the fatalities... Yeah. Um, the, the the bizarrely complicated lore. It's like I'm gonna stop you right there. What I heard was the tutorial. Yeah. Because I I swear to God, about half this movie is training mode. Yeah. And if you had just said like, "Hey, Kano knows how to fight," the guy who can like rip your heart out. Guess what? He knows how to fight. He's he's already a pretty good fighter. All those special forces like Smetsnats. Green Beret SAS mm-hmm. characters, like the army guys. Turns out they had some uh, martial arts training. Yeah. And you go, oh, then they got a tattoo, and now they can shoot lasers so they can fight the ice yeah. guy. Like, I don't, I really, really don't get it. Um, and then uh, from there, suddenly all the action happens at once, which sounds like it should be a payoff. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, boy, like, we, we were saving it up. Now, all the fights. Like, but that doesn't actually... That's not the ideal thing either, because you could have done, like, Goro versus Cole, Cabal versus Sonya, or whoever it was. Yeah. Like, Kung Lao versus Harpy Lady, and built through it. Instead, you're watching five fights happening at once. So it's very, like, action-y, but I'm like... I honestly would have just liked to see the Cabal fight from start to finish instead of like, anyways, let's see what these guys are up to. Yeah. Like, and it sounds like super dumb and hard to please. And I'm not trying to be like a a complete like wet blanket about it, but I'm like, you could make this a martial arts movie. Yeah. This would work better as a martial arts movie with some action tendencies Mm -hmm. rather than vice versa. Yeah. An explosion blood demon movie where the characters technically are also black belts. Yeah. So, anyways. And then we get a, a rather 
bizarre fight because uh, Cole, you know, he re I guess he realizes he's not cut out for this and he goes back to. I, I think Raiden sends him back to check on his family, right? Yes, something like that. And he uh, he goes back and uh, out of his shed comes. Goro, yeah, you know, uh, this, vish, vicious, uh, noble prince of Outworld, Goro, comes out of a shed. Well, again, you, you have to allow for some things to be changed in the adaptation. So, like, Cabal is, like, a good guy in the games, right? Yeah. And here he's one of, like, the most yeah. purely selfish villains. Same thing. In the games, Goro is the dragon prince of Outworld and one of the uh, great chieftains in Shao Kahn's army. In this, he's actually Cole's son. Cole has an idiot son from his first marriage, and he can't <laughs> let the other farmers in Wichita, Kansas, <laughs> know where he is. So he keeps his idiot son locked up in the shed like the Dunwich whore. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, uh, Goro gets too hungry. They forgot to feed him. So he bursts out. Cole has to get the whip and rod. Put yeah, place. Cole develops his powers, which is basically developing kind of a brass body from Man with the Iron Fist type suit yeah, that just grows on him. Let's put a pen in Man with the Iron Fist. But yeah, uh, yeah no, Cole's power is that he uh, gets the muscle suit that George Michael wears in Arrested Development. <laughs> and can I, can I be legit? When he got that stupid looking, like, cartilage armor mm -hmm. I thought that there would be something else later I thought that, that would be like stage one and then like he'd win another victory and then get like bracers and a helmet like a samurai yeah. you know how like when you had like an action figure as a kid you could sometimes if it was like an armored guy you mm -hmm. could usually take off the armor yeah and then the guy underneath would look like like a G.I. Joe with none of the accoutrements, would look mm -hmm. kind of silly and bare bones. Yeah. That's what I thought this was going to be. I'm like, oh no, like, it, it's just that. He just has, like, his body stocking that he bought for the Halloween party. And this is where I also have to make a confession. I thought that this guy was supposed to be Scorpion for, like, three quarters of the movie. Yes. And this, this is like more fool me. Sorry, I kicked the recording equipment. Um, it's like when I, I watched like Suicide Squad and in all the trailers, the Joker's there. And it's like, oh boy, like the Joker. It's like uh, Harley Quinn goes up against her evil ex-boyfriend, the Joker, played by the psychotic Jared Leto. Mm -hmm. And then when you watch the movie, he's in it for five minutes. And it's like, come on, guys, we need to go stop the Enchantress. The Enchantress and who's the, the big guy. Uh, Incubus? Yeah. And the monster? The monster. Yeah, Incubus. It's like, well, we gotta go stop them. And I'm like, wait, wait, you're fighting like a dark side dude in this? And because in my head from the trailers, I was like, I thought the movie was that they get the Suicide Squad together because they're the only ones that can stop the Joker in time. Yeah. Which would be a much better yes. movie, by the way. But, but I walked out, I thought that, I walked out, and I was like... I thought the movie was going to be the Suicide Squad versus the Joker because he's just like standing on the posters. Mm. And it's like the movie went like, I never said that. <laughs> like, God damn it, you didn't. 
it's like how Bruce Willis isn't actually talking to anyone. In yeah. Some sense. It just looks like he was when a scene starts. Like, mm-hmm. God damn it, you got me. Yeah. So my fucking fault in this, but the movie opens with Scorpion and Sub-Zero fighting. Yeah. Sub-Zero, Sub-Zero wins. He's immortal. He's still around. Cole is the descendant of Scorpion, right? Yes. I thought that the point was that he would eventually assume the mantle of Scorpion. That when the time came, he would become yeah. like his generation's Scorpion and break the curse against his family. And as we see towards the end of the movie, big spoilers, like, no, the original Scorpion came back, which in fairness is what happens in the game. Yeah. He's a, he's a revenant. Like, so it turns out Cole is Cole. And I swear to God, the whole movie, I was like, yeah, but the, this this boring guy that doesn't do much, mm. what, nothing against the actor. I'm not trying to be yeah. shitty, but like, you know, he, he's handsome. He can fight. Like, yeah. he's, he's no better or worse than anything else in the movie. But the character, the whole time, I'm like, don't worry, this milk toast nobody, why is he the hero hero in the movie? Mm-hmm. He's going to turn into signature character scorpion like nope i was wrong yeah yeah it's, it's a joker movie where joker doesn't turn into the joker at the end mm-hmm. but he eventually and he can grow out these kind of tonfas that have like razors on them yeah they're little like tusks there's yeah. not like they're on his hands but they're meant to be like yeah. tusk looking weapons yeah and he ends up cutting up goro with them and eventually the good guys do, they kill uh, the henchmen, all, all doing their fatalities, which the fatalities were pretty dope in this, I think. Like, when they did happen, they uh, were good. Like, up to a point, and it's weird moments because it's like... <laughs> yeah, you know, like when you have to write an essay... Mm-hmm. It's like the essay has to be five pages, and you go five pages. Oh my god! And then you start off going. Since the beginning of time, America has been a land of contrast. Yeah. And then you actually like screw yourself because then you get to page four and you go, oh wait, I I still need to actually like say my thing though. So then it's rushed mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Yeah. It's like the movie went. Oh, oh my god, like, we have to, like, kill the bad guys before the credits. Yeah. So the second half, the, the last third of this movie, I should say, mm-hmm. happens so quickly. It's like, Ray, you can teleport us places, right? Okay, send us to the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, whoa, thank god we didn't have this earlier when we had to walk to the Gobi Desert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we we would have been uh, losing out some sick Kano bats. But anyways, uh, they finally, they, they teleport around. Again, Jack seems to have all the, the Limburger lines. Like the unintentional, terrible, yeah. puzzling lines of dialogue. Because when he gets his badass arms, finally, and he looks cool. Mm-hmm. Huh? He says, uh, okay, go ahead and send me to Reiko. He sent me to the big guy with the hammer. I got a score to settle with him. Yeah, remember when Reiko ripped your arms off earlier in the movie? He was the character that did that, right? Yeah. Man, time for these age-old enemies to finally settle this. Peter, Norman, one way or another, this ends tonight. Yeah. And they fight on the the uh, pit stage. 
yeah. which you'd think one of them is going to get uppercutted off of, but no. that doesn't happen. No, it just Jack's Dale Keown's pet. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. Anyways, um, yeah, Jax does his, like, story of Ricky uh, fatality yeah. thing where he just smashes your head. And what does he say? He's like, yeah, these motherfuckers work when he looks yeah. at his hands. And I'm like, that's... Which I like I, that. I, know, I don't know if I love that line. There's nothing wrong with it, but, like, when I watched it with our little group, everyone was, like, cracking up at that point. And I was like, this yeah, is fine. Yeah. And uh, Kung Lao, Kung Lao's fatality against the Harpy Lady is the yeah. best. Cause now that's from the game, right? Like the yeah. buzz saw. Yeah, he, his hat, which is like the razor hat, he turns into a buzz saw and just body surfs body surfs her into it, and she just slices right in two. And then he like flips off of it, retrieves retrieves his hat, and goes flawless victory. Yeah. And that that was the moment where it's like you know uh, the, one of the cool guys who can actually fight doing like wushu yeah. moves does a game accurate and that's the thing some game accurate stuff is dumb as fuck yeah the buzzsaw hat kill is actually like cool yeah that's the sweet spot here does that you know kills her does a backflip says the line from the movie and that was the moment where I was like yeah oh that's that kicked ass. I love that. But then it has, like, the slight dampening effect where you go, why isn't the whole movie like that? Yeah. You know? Uh, Luke Hang ends up killing Cabal. Uh, he, he turns into the fire dragon and uh, Yeah, Cabal falls in quicksand. Yeah, they, they never say really what the substance is. He's just stuck in it. Oh, I'm, I'm covered in gobbledygook. Oh, yeah. Look at this. Oh, uh, Luke Kang, uh, before you kill me, you know, my wife, Katana, she's a big fan of yours. I was wondering, uh, now, you say that you're the embodiment of the uh, ancient dragon, and yet Goro is the reincarnation of the dragon. I'm just trying to understand this, if you could explain it to me. <laughs> and eventually we have Cole... Sprouts. Go, Cole Sprouts go to a uh, frozen warehouse and fight. Full of Elsa merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> Why he chose to buy that Olaf plush figurine instead of training more, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he goes to the frozen warehouse and fights uh, Sub-Zero and is getting beaten. No, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to steal your thunder or anything it's uh the mma uh gym yeah it, the mma gym yeah yeah because it's the same place where he lost his first fight so yeah you know symmetry it's a good storytelling technique i take it back the script's good yeah and he's as he has want to do uh he is not doing very well in the bite yeah. and then we see the trademark scorpion spear shoot through uh sub-zero and then we can get a pan up to Scorpion, and it says, come here, and you know, yanks him up. And they have this big, pretty cool fight, you know? The, yeah, it's, it's not bad, yeah. It's not a bad fight. And it, it, ends how, it ends how it should end with, uh, uh, what's his name, Scorpion doing the fire breath on uh, Sub-Zero, who, uh, if there is a sequel... 
will be will now be Noob Saibot. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's basically yeah, everyone's just teleported there by Raiden and uh Shang Tsung shows up and you know, he's all angry and he says, you know, next time I will not bring fighters, I will bring armies. Yeah. Which he does that's what happens and again, either the third or fourth one. Seems like you'd start with that. Yeah. yeah. And uh but yeah, there's you know, everybody gets there. Come on, everybody gets there, come on, Yeah, and then we get our like lead into the credits. Yeah. What happens is Cole is uh he's you know, in the in the gym and he's getting all the stuff together and his manager says, like, Oh, I got a fight for you. You're really gonna like it. And Cole says, Nah, I'm, I'm heading elsewhere. And he goes, Where? He says, Hollywood. And the guy says, What the hell's in Hollywood? He says, a crow murders. He says, What the hell's in Hollywood? And Cole says, Who is in Hollywood? And he walks off and on the wall is a poster that says Citizen Cage. And then the music kicks on. Yeah. It's yeah. Because that's that's what happens with movies, is that action movies tend to be named after George not George Orwell, Orson Welles classic, uh, yeah. Citizen Kane. And also you always play characters with your name. Yeah. So of course calling a Johnny Cage movie Citizen Cage is totally what would happen. It wouldn't be called like under threat four or something. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Deadly Decisions 3, yeah. whatever. Wouldn't no, that sounds like more of a Shannon Weary movie, to be <laughs> honest. But, um, yeah, oh, oh and we, we skipped a part where Sonya stabs Kano in the eye of the lawn gnome. Yeah, because he doesn't, it's established earlier he doesn't like lawn gnomes, so yeah. we get a payoff. So, and he can already shoot his eye laser because it's his uh, big bad Beetleborg rub on yeah. tattoo power. Yeah. So we get that. Um, I thought that we would get a stinger here. Yeah. So I I figured like at the end of the credits, it would be like, uh, well, we were able to retrieve this one. You mean of all the bodies we were able to find, this is the one we brought back. Oi, my ears are burning, cunts. Yeah. It's like we made some <coughs> improvements. Oh. Won't take me as long to shave. <laughs> and yeah. you got, like the eyepiece or something. <laughs> I I really, really thought we were gonna get the like everybody loves Kano, Kano's fine. Here's what Kano looks like in the second one. Yeah. But instead, at the moment, canonically, he's fucking dead. <laughs> he he died in the most Edgar Wright murder way possible. <laughs> yes. So yeah, and then the movie wraps up and we get we get some pretty Dope credit. I guess every credit sequence looks like this now, but it does look kind of mm -hmm. cool. Um, so, what do we think of the movie, and what do, do we have anything to say by way of the game, the old movie, anything else? To be quite frank, it, it's kind of hard to say, because the old movie, while it is dumb and goofy... And, you know, this and that, and the CGI looks like garbage. It's Mortal Kombat. Like, that's... 
you wanted a Mortal Kombat movie, so you know, 1995 gave you one, and yeah. that's what. I I know what you mean, and <coughs> I don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, maybe we should just like mention the game. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like that's the thing we're, we're not getting to Mortal Kombat is not a good game right it isn't it's a popular game it's a it's a fun game yeah like I, I'll go that far like it's fun it has character I get why it was popular and as far as these things go it's not the worst thing in the world you, like top tier untouchable Street Fighter Capcom yeah Nipping at its heels, <coughs> SNK. Yeah. And then honestly, like, like by the time SNK like gets to Samurai Shodown Two and King of Fighters, it's probably on par with Capcom. Yeah. Mortal Kombat is uh, third place. Yeah. Now, having said that, below that is Killer Instinct and Primal Rage and Time Killers and and every 3D fighting game ever made. I yeah. Hate 3D fighting games. So it's it's still like third, don't get me mm-hmm. wrong, but it's rough. Yeah. It handles poorly. It's really dumb. The most fun parts of it are the parts where it goes silly. And I agree, I think just a week ago, uh, How Did This Get Played? Did yeah. a really good episode on it. I agree with them. The first game was meant sincerely. So even the dumb stuff, like Shang Tsung throwing, like, flaming skulls, mm-hmm. that wasn't, like, Tobias and Bone, like, <laughs> check it out. Yeah. They were going, like, that, oh, my God, dude, you're the most talented guy I know. That's the raddest stuff I've ever yeah. seen. Then due to the response, as of the second game is where they start to get a little silly. Mm-hmm. And then by the third one, it's farcical. Friendly Annabellity. Yeah. Pamela Andersonality. Like, yeah. Like, it's just becomes, like, so silly. Um, and, but it was always silly, but it's, like, intending to be. So yeah. So it becomes less funny. Mm-hmm. So I give it a lot of credit for that. But, like, it handles poorly. It looks ugly. It's like the lawnmower man, you know, like, wow, this was groundbreaking now. And just, like, eye-searing. You know, 20 years later. It's that. Yeah. It's like that kind of technology. Whereas Street Fighter 2, like, it looks like it's from 1992, but it looks like a good video game. Yeah. It remains colorful and active and responsive. Mortal Kombat, you look at it now and you're like, yeesh. I I mean, I guess it's better than Pit Fighter (laughs) in the sense that Wendy's is better than McDonald's. Um, and then the problem is from there you get like the million sequels where anything between Mortal Kombat 3 and Mortal Kombat 10 doesn't exist as far as I know I'm not being judgy I'm saying for me you just stopped at that point yeah it would be like if you told me there there was like a Friday the 13th part 28 Mm -hmm. I go like oh they got up that high crazy I wouldn't be the one to ask about it yeah when they released Mortal Kombat X, that's meant to be Roman numeral X, right? Yeah. I thought it just meant X, <laughs> like super. <laughs> I didn't realize there had been ten of these fucking games. 
and they were they were three D for a while. They were very PlayStation looking yeah. for a while. And then you have the side quests where it's like Sub Zero Origins, J- Jax. Yeah, like, yeah, that, that's what people want—a virtually unplayable side scroller. And with Mortal Kombat, it's like the lore becomes so central. Like they—they they are serious about the continuity, yeah, like the canon, yeah. Hence the stuff <coughs> like, no, the the real Sub Zero died, and this is another new guy. Mm-hmm. They are so serious about that. And it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's super dumb. <laughs> um, and so, it, anyways, it's like very long, very like hot and cold on it, I know. I feel like Mortal Kombat 95, there's a long walk to get here, I know. It is perfect because all the stuff it does right is accurate to the game, and all the stuff it does wrong is also accurate to the game. Yes. She's like, wow, this is like really fucking stupid. Yeah, I know, I know. it's Mortal Kombat. Wow, the CGI in this looks, the special effects in this look terrible. Yeah, I just said it was Mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. We we had the money to make it look better, but we chose not to because mm-hmm. fans would be enraged. Um, and uh, I feel like the new movie. It's annoying because it's probably like a more watchable movie in some ways, mm-hmm. but it also has it has so little personality. I was honestly kind of surprised. Yeah. I thought that I would either like it more or hate it more, but instead, and this is just my bias talking, my toe bias talking. But uh, I came out of it and I was I was like, well, I, eh. I didn't love it. Oh, do you like Mortal Kombat? Nah. And so I realized I have to judge Mortal Kombat the way that I judge, uh, like the Wolverine and Superman. Like, oh no, that was that was fine. I don't like that character. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so it is probably no better and no worse than Godzilla vs Kong. The difference is, I love Kaiju, I love Godzilla, mm. you had to work to make me not like a Godzilla movie. This is just like, okay, what if you had no fondness for those characters? Like, mm. Oh, in that case, it's uh, kind of boring, not funny, sort of a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm afraid that that was my takeaway. But what, what did you think of this one in the 95 one? Um, well... That's what I said about the 95 one. It, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. It gives you what Mortal Kombat was. Uh, I haven't played the games in ages, so I can't really speak to the, uh, you know, the continuity getting right or, or stuff like that. But I was disappointed with this new one. It, 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 it could have been like a modern, like, gory, good special effects, mm-hmm. modern version of the of the 95 one. You know, there's no reason they couldn't have done that. It's... But... They take just weird avenues that don't really pay off or just don't go anywhere. 
to begin with. Uh, but for those of you who uh, like Mortal Kombat, but uh, did not like the um, this Mortal Kombat, the 2021 one, uh, there is a really great Mortal Kombat movie that you can watch. And it is called The Man with the Iron Fist. Yes. I... Hey, what, what a movie where a chick has razor blade fans? Man with the Iron Fist. What a movie where a black dude has metal arms and just crushes people with them? Man with the Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I'm not gonna lie, because of course we watched it on HBO Max. Yeah. And when it finishes scrolling, it says, if you like this, you might enjoy similar films. And then it shows, like, the third one on the queue is, like, Man with the Iron Fist. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, w I would enjoy that. Yeah. It's, what a weird way to put it, like, hey, if you like getting fucked serviceably, maybe you'd like getting fucked well. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, there you go. It really is just like, hey, you, you want to, here's a movie with a bunch of ninjas who are also monsters and murder each other. <laughs> and it's, yes, please. Yeah, and by the way, The Man with the Iron Fist, I remember thinking that when we saw that. It came out in 2012? I think so. Yeah, and I remember because it came out around the time Django did because they're technically part of the same universe. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those movies that, like, like The Quick and the Dead or something. Like That mm -hmm. is such a fun movie. It's, mm -hmm. It is so great. It's just, what if one of the guys from the Wu-Tang made a Wu-Tang movie? Yeah. And so, like, the crow ninjas who don't even do anything, in the original version, they were going to be the bad guys in the sequel. Yeah. Um, like, it's so much fun. Batista as, like... Brass body. Yeah, brass body. I call him Colossus, but that's actually, like, a very old... Like, he doesn't do much. Let, let's give him a, a suit of armor made out of razors. Yeah, and the character's name can be like, like enjoyed the Magnificent Seven. You'd probably like the Seven Samurai. Probably would. Yeah, it's just like that plus a two-star rating. Oh. And that's what's so funny to me. But there's, it, it's like really dumb and says nothing for me to sit here. But but honestly, like the new Mortal Kombat movie is boring in the way that. Most movies are boring now. Yeah. There's a... It goes down like a milkshake. It's fine. Yeah. But it's also, like, sleek. Not actually fun. The the lines we quote are, like, the dumb ones, like Gary Indiana. None of the actual yeah. jokes in the movie. Um, The weird, like, you know, I will eat your soul, like, the gif. Mm -hmm. Shall... Uh, sorry, uh... Shang Tsung from the yeah. old movie. The new one is just nothing. He doesn't even shapeshift. He doesn't shapeshift. It's a guy in somewhat ornate armor, only shoulder pads, which are at least cool, wearing contacts. They gave him the announcer voice, which I thought yeah. was decent. Because that's something I forget. The announcer in the game is Shang Tsung, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like I like that. Blood. Me. Gadget. And that's it. And... I was like, wow, Cabal's cool. I look forward to his five minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyways, time for the girl to kill her. Yeah. And it's it's just very, like, flat, very fake. Like, 
again, the, the 95 one, you know how sometimes movies succeed due to limitations? Yeah. So you tell, it's like, Steven Spielberg, here's $1,000. You have to make an action movie out of chasing them. That, that old thing, like, you yeah. can't see the monsters, so we have to the make The Val Luton thing. Exactly, exactly. But 95 did that to an extent because it's like, the CGI is mostly well-developed. We cannot make this like a full-on CGI bonanza. It has to be mostly practical. And the result is that, like, the get over here, like, the vagina ache. Yeah. So Johnny Cage fights Scorpion on some scaffolding in hell. Yeah. And it's two guys doing flip-flops and spin kicks because they couldn't afford to have them eat up your guy's head and then spit the head at the other bad guy. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, but I, I can get that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that is what, again, my, my own... Sort of. I actually liked it, and it, it was actually profitable. Mm-hmm. People remember it as a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> I guess critics didn't care for it. The second one's even worse. So if they ever made a new one, it would be like, we're doing this seriously. Ken and Ryu are not con men, right? It's going to be like the game. Yeah. Limited cast. You, you know, we're going to, we're not going to embarrass ourselves this time. Yeah. And I felt like with Mortal Kombat, I got the vibe like leading up to it, like, okay, this one's going to have the goods. This is not your dad's PG 13 Mortal Kombat, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you want gore? We got gore. You want monsters? We got monsters. And then I watched it, and it was... I'm not going to say it's not violent, because of like, the buzz saws and the eye stabs and everything. The Mortal Kombat movie was not really that much more violent than Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. Which like, also, by the way, had better fights. Yeah, like you and McGregor literally blowing up. That was yeah, yeah. Was like, no, cooler, exactly. like cooler, McGregor yeah. getting blown limb from limb before he hits the water. The scene where she stomps the guy's legs, like the knees backwards, because he's mm. giving her lip. That is more graphic than just like, oh, Goro got his arms ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and the, that movie because it had like. The guy from uh, uh, John Wick helped him out with the choreography. It also has better fights. Mm-hmm. So her raiding the uh, police, <laughs> what, what's it called? The police cabinet. Yeah. Where, you know, the, the evidence locker. Yeah. The scene where she raids the evidence locker and the the big fight at the fun house, like the diamonds are a girl's best friend fight. Mm-hmm. Either one of those is honestly a better action sequence than anything in the Mortal Kombat movie. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that it's the worst thing ever, but you're like, you should have been able to yeah. that, like, you should have been able to outdo Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I just thought they would like really, really lean into that. And honestly, like the prologue is cool. It's one of the highlights from the movie. Even then, when I saw that they were doing, like, fake, this was Edo Ichi, 2004 blood spray, like, mm. oh, it's, it's going to be a cartoon. Yeah. And Goro looks and sounds better in the 95 version. Yeah, he's Kevin Michael Richardson in the 95 version. Yeah, and they had to do, like, some, like, Ninja Turtle suit thing or something. Yeah. He goes out like a punk. Yeah, basically everyone goes out like a yeah, punk in that movie. Fair. 
And like, so it's very like nothing in terms of story, but he like looks cool and it feels tactile and it's, you know, he has the, yeah, the Principal Lewis voice. Yeah. Whereas in the new one, it's just a thing that pops out of a shed and is kind of yellow and goes, Yeah. (laughs) Same thing. It felt like everything that you didn't nail with the first one, you could do well now. So like in the the 95 one, Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison plays Sonia. Mm -hmm. Nothing against her. I think she came on at the last second, if I recall correctly. She looks kind of silly. She has no muscle tone. Her hair isn't a scrunchie. She fights in her makeup. It's very much like, yeah, G.I. Jane over here is really going to kick everyone's ass. <laughs> Glad she saved us from those ice ninjas. <laughs> so not be mean to her, but, but Sonia was underwhelming. That seemed like an opportunity to go like, wow, in the new one, Sonia's going to be like queen badass. Just push people around. Yeah, but in- instead, she's basically sent home. Yeah. Because she's she the girl without the, the dragon tattoo. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> the girl without the dragon tattoo. I never even thought of that. Um, but yeah, it's I guess it's like an improvement, but she's still like, here I am, exposition machine. Not one of the better fighters of the game. <laughs> It's not like Mortal Kombat was ever like a feminist game, yeah. <laughs> but like you, you could have made her and Melina bigger badasses, or like you want to talk about going out like a punk, the gargoyle girl. Whoa, she's done for. Mm. Um, and then Kano is fun. Kano really, really breathes some life into this because all the other heroes are one of two things. All the heroes we start with are are this. I must be dreaming. And all the characters that we meet along the way are this. The prophecy. Yeah. Whereas having Kano just go like, oh, oh, oh I'm just going to take a shit behind a bush. Oh, boy. Oh, I haven't been in a desert like this since a quagga stole me didgeridoo. Oh, oh look, look at that. What am I splitting her up? And go ahead and cut me through. Oh, you don't have the balls for it, do you, sweetie? Oh, I come now more like come pow. Oh, fuck, I'm famished. And it's like, yeah. So just having like mon- nonstop. Yeah, so just having like, uh, like, the Jody Hillcote version, or the John Hillcote version of Monterey Jack be one of your characters mm-hmm. was actually really fun. And Kano's honestly kind of a fun character, I guess. Yeah. Like a piece of shit mercenary who looks like that because Terminator was popular. Mm-hmm. That's Mortal Kombat, by the way. What movies do you guys like? Yeah. What if Nosferatu had arm blades? Yeah. But they they flat out say like yeah. Liu Kang is Ricky. Yeah, Liu Kang is Ricky, but like Raiden is Lightning. Not that that was the first time that character had ever appeared, yeah. but transparently it's John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Um, that like the, I, I don't even mind that they're shameless about it. They're yeah, they're proud of it. Yeah, but yeah, Kano has that thing that you don't know what it is because Terminator came out that year. Yeah, we loved having half the face ripped off. Shao Sung, I mean, uh, Shokan was a shapeshifter. Shang Sung was a shapeshifter for the same reason. 
Yeah. I'm going to turn to all the guys that I beat. And then the first game he's in, he looks like Lopan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it's like when they start to get deeper into their lore. It's like, no, these need to look like the Malibu comics <laughs> version of these characters. Like, oh, fuck this. Yeah. Uh, so Kano's in the movie. I liked Kano a lot. Even that made me realize that I'm sort of tired of this sort of thing. So I like that he's a piece of shit. It's it's yeah. not like like they're walking like Sonya trips and he goes like <laughs> shouldn't go marching in your high heels, but then like he helps her up. That's like a yeah. different version of this movie. No, in this movie it's like he's pushing her the whole way. Yeah, I'm like you feel bad for liking uh, Kano as much as you do because he is. He's not an affable rogue. He's just Jimbo from The Simpsons. <laughs> like, there's, there's not, like, like a nice version of the personality, which is why I like how he, he stays evil. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the whole movie... And, yeah, like, the delivery is great sometimes. Like, he's chained up, like, you can't go, you stay here. No, oh, I was actually going to go for a stroll, but of course I'm going to fucking stay here. It's, like, lame joke, but the guy, like, mm-hmm. delivers it well. When he draws his victories, that was really funny. Yeah. Like, I he was, wants to make a comic out of himself. Like, that that was, like, such a left-field character choice. Like, Kano wants to do a graphic novel about Kano. It's, like, it's kind of like a James Gunn joke, I guess. But like, that's pretty original, though. I was not expecting that. That honestly made me laugh. Yeah. To see his doodles. But, I like him. He's one of the better things in the movie. You get to the point where every single actual joke is him going, like, Luke Kang is dressed like a monk, so it's like, Oi, MC Hammer, get over here. Yeah. He's like, oh, oi, uh, you know, the sunbonnet, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what are you looking at, Samo Hung? Yeah. And it's like, Two of those a movie, maybe. Because after that, you're just into Tony Stark. Like, uh, I hate to tell you this, uh, Shakespeare in the Park, but uh, Point Break has a point over here. Oh, sorry, I uh, didn't mean to startle you there, uh, uh, Wild Mountain Dew. So, mm-hmm. Oh, oh, wait, hey, listen, babe, the Jets and the Sharks are outside. Oh, Kalamazoo, Tippecanoe, and Tyler, too. Don't know what to tell you there, Speed racer, but you got Yeah, you know, you're like yeah, the having like your your loudmouth who gives people nicknames and the people don't always like the nicknames. Like mm. that's uh, kind kind of seen it. Mm. One of those every hundred minutes of screen time will suffice. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, we get the stinger with Johnny Cage, and maybe we'll wrap up after that, but. uh do you like Johnny Cage? Nah. <laughs> what? I, no, what? I was expecting more. I was expecting a word rather than a... I'm not making fun of you. It was, it was just genuinely funny. Like, do you like Johnny Cage? <sighs> um, it's just like... He... He was supposed to be Van Dam. Yeah. Like they wanted to get Van Dam to do the yeah. game, but 
uh, he he didn't, and you know he's based on Van Dam, and honestly, he he's you know he's supposed to be the standard Hollywood action star martial artist. He would be the type of standard Hollywood martial artist that would become like a tea party guy. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, I get exactly what you mean. Like, if he started in the 90s and was still around now, total tea party guy. Or maybe he'd be a sweetheart like Van Damme. Uh, maybe, who knows. Who knows? Uh, but but uh, in any case, I had, uh, I'm surprised that people were like, Johnny Cage isn't in this? Fuck that. Boy, boycott. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, guys. Johnny Cage is in this, the next one. I'm not just being anecdotal, but, like, when, when we were kids, Johnny Cage was the character no one liked. Yeah. Uh, that Maybe that was just me and my neighborhood and my circle of friends, but it's like, Sonya's a girl. The, the ninjas were the best. Everyone loved the ninjas, yeah. of course. Luke Kang was, like, a little generic, but he was still, like, the badass, fast guy, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and Johnny Cage was, like, uh, okay... I guess there's, like, a white guy in here, too. And it was meant to be a little bit of a Ken and Ryu thing. Yeah. And the difference is, with Ken and Ryu, Ken is the cool character. Yeah. Ken has better moves. The Having, like, a super dragon punch is much cooler than having a super fireball. Yeah. Ken has way more personality. I also love how Ryu does nothing but train 24-7, 365. And Ken trains moderately and then is also a family man and a successful businessman and artisan actor. Mm. And they're about even. Yeah. <laughs> Which means that by, by any standard measure, Ken is immeasurably a better fighter than Rio. Yeah. And so I I figured out what they were doing. It was like Liu Kang and Johnny Cage. It was like a Ken and Ryu thing. Mm. The, the Asian hero, the white hero. And then... Uh, a good friend of mine said they liked Johnny Cage, especially in the, the first movie. They said he's a good viewpoint character because mm-hmm. he's he's the totally normal guy who goes to the movie going, what the hell? Yeah. Maybe. Your mileage may vary. Putting the two of them together would work in a Big Trouble in Little China way where Johnny Cage thinks he's the main character, but Liu Kang is the actual main character. Yeah. That could work perfectly. In practice, he's just sort of a dope. Maybe I should give him credit, because if I stop thinking of him as Ken and I start thinking of him as Dan, now I start to like him a little more. Yeah. But wrapping up here, I, get, I mean, he's he's been there from day one, so I guess he's like a flagship character. Mm. And so ending it with like, don't worry, I know a guy. <laughs> I guess that's a good enough cliffhanger, but Jeremy always makes fun, accurately makes fun of movies with your, do you mind if I mention it? No, go ahead. Yeah, the Stampede commands it. Yeah. Which is such an arcane joke, but so funny. And so when you're setting up the sequel, because every movie has to have a sequel, they always lead into it, and it's usually with a bad guy. And so... We talked about this at one point. That works if it's like the Joker. Mm-hmm. If you do a Batman movie and then it's like 
by the way, this, this guy left this calling card. You're like, oof. The next time it's going to be the Joker. Yeesh. We are in for it. That works if your sequel is going to have, like, the Joker or Moriarty. Yeah. You can do that with Moriarty. That's okay. Yeah. And even it took him forever, but just, like, the first mission failed Lord Thanos. Like, yeah. Oh, oof, oh, boy, Thanos. Even, like, Apocalypse at the end of the one X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. Like, he is kind of a big deal, it, it must be said. Yeah. But then all the movies want to do that. So at the end of the Power Rangers movie, it's like, Tommy? Is there a, a Tommy in class? Audience? Do you know a Tommy? Which, Blue, where's Tommy in the room, Blue? Can you find Tommy? And then there's the one in Jim and the Holograms. Uh, I think you girls are going to be just fine. And it's the Misfits. Yeah. Not the, you know, Jerry-only Glenn Danzig Misfits. But the there's, yeah. there's Misfits from the show where it's like... The other band? Yeah. 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 Watch out, because Jem's Madonna, but the Misfits are Debbie Harry. You're like, that's not that bad. Like, what, are, what are you... I always saw, This like, is one of the mean fake wrestlers from Glow. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought that... If they ever made a Mega Man movie, yeah. there is no way it wouldn't end like this. It yeah. would, yeah, it would be. Uh, I know where you're going. Go it would be Rock, Roll, Rush, and uh, Doctor Light going like, oh, well, you know, we saved the world from Doctor Wily, and you know, we fought for everlasting peace, and and be like, Doctor Light, what's that noise? And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. It would be problematic. And they do that with everything. So we're going to do a live action DuckTales movie and we'll fight the Beagle Boys. And then at the end, we'll be like, wait a minute. Uncle Scrooge, you just got a letter from an old friend in Scotland. I don't have friends in Scotland. Flintheart Globgold. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't fucking work when... Again, if it's like the Joker or Moriarty, it's okay. If you're setting up that the next sequel will have the mean Care Bear, that doesn't work as well. And so Jeremy's, yeah, Jeremy's version was... Uh, it was like a brave, a fake Brave Star movie that ends with Tex Hex going, Stampede commands it. Like, oh no, the Stampede, Tex Hex's boss. Oh, the Filmation Ghostbusters. This isn't just uh, primeval. This is that fat primeval for the one episode. <laughs> yeah, Big Evil. Was his name Big Evil? His name was Big Evil. God, t- really? Yes. I guess if it's primeval, like, they can't call it medieval, because then it would be, like, less impressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so, yeah, I know Johnny Cage isn't a bad guy, but I, w- I was sort of torn about that, going, like, oh, boy, next time, Johnny Cage isn't it. Like, mm-hmm. is that a Joker playing card ending, or is that a Stampede Commands it ending? And I'm truly not enough of, like, a Mortal Kombat fanatic to fully know, like, I guess most of the people I talked to were, 
getting tumescent over this. So I I suppose I'm wrong and they're right. But just going like, hey, you know that character that wasn't in this and you didn't miss him because who gives a shit? That's right. He's in the next one. Like, okay, then I'll look at him in three years. Like, like <laughs> yeah. you know, it's not, it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm not a virgin anymore. Thanks, guys. <laughs> like, like he, did showing like a poster of his crotch yeah. was not the single biggest like, I need a time machine. <laughs> I am not waiting. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so, yeah. This is usually about the point where we wrap it up. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not trying to shit on it. Like, I'm glad that people liked it. People who seem into this seemed like Mortal Kombat fans like this. Yeah. So it, it was it was good. It did what it was supposed to. And yeah. The, the, the artistic choices were right. For me, it just felt. I liked it the way that I liked Underworld. Yeah. I'm like, oh, how about that? very genuinely I don't think I'll ever watch this again mm-hmm. I've seen much much worse for this particular podcast though. Yes. so yeah it's the least of the four horsemen of HBO Max mm-hmm. but I guess I still have fun yeah so there you go that was our take on Mortal Kombat uh, you know if you want to watch a trilogy of Mortal Kombat movies, then I guess watch 95, Man with the Iron Fist, and this one. That would be... Yeah, because there, there was no second Mortal Kombat movie in the 90s. It simply didn't exist. Yeah, it yeah, didn't I, exist. Let us never speak of it. Yeah, I, I will say that. This is... I like 90, the, the original one better than this. Uh, this does clear that immense hurdle of being better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. And uh, also, and I mean this sincerely, if you like the sort of stuff that's in this movie, like if the prologue stood out for you, if you like all the ninjas and the elemental guys, uh, watch any Shaw Brothers film. Watch any movie from the Venom mob. Start with Five Deadly Venoms and the Kid with the Golden Arm and then move on to Crippled Avengers and Five Element Ninjas. You don't have to keep, like finding like little pebbles of crack that are like just enough to get high on the Shaw brothers just sell these in big fat rocks that you can yeah. smoke and get high out of your mind yeah. on how much fun they are that's what this stuff is trying to be so i know it's old but they're still really good yeah yeah so go enjoy a Shaw brothers movie and you know please like comment and subscribe and That's all I have to say.